Melissa. And I'm Kristen. And we're the Lit Chicks. This is episode two of our podcast. We'll be talking about Crescent City 3. Um, how- also Flame and Shadow. <laughs> I, I tried to save you. <laughs> Restart. To save you. Okay, let's start again. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. And we're the Lit Chicks. This is episode two, where we're talking about Crescent City 3, House of Flame and Shadow. Heck yeah, we are. This was our uh, um, H, letter H, that we rolled, and it was one of our purchase books. We already knew we were going to be purchasing this book. Um, And we decided to dedicate an entire episode to just this book, because it also crosses over with another Sarah J. Mass series, and um there's just so much to talk about and unravel it's like an 800 plus page book I think it was 835 pages long um so it needed its own episode if you're Uh, unfamiliar with House of Flame and Shadow Melissa's gonna give you a synopsis yeah so this episode is gonna be full of spoilers for anybody listening um if you've not read A Court of Thorns and Roses or A Throne of Glass maybe just watch this later <laughs> but um, save it though save it and watch it later but yeah, save it it's gonna be a good one so house of flame and shadow by sarah j mass um this is gonna be like as close to a spoiler free synopsis as i can get but uh crescent city 2 left off with bryce quinlan um like going through a portal so our synopsis Bryce Quinlan finds herself in a foreign world with no clue how to get back to her mate, Hunt. She works with familiar characters, Nesta and Asriel from A Court of Thorns and Roses, as she follows the light emanating from the star on her chest, which is the sign of the starborn. She discovers secrets of Prithian that link to her uh, history of her people. Bryce eventually makes her way back to her world, Midgard, with the mission of destroying the evil rulers of her world, the Asteri. She meets up with all her friends, Hunt, Rune, Lydia, and Therian, and they work together to rescue their people and make a plan to get rid of the Asteri for good. Man, fuck the Asteri. Fuck those bitches. For real, Rigelus was a douchebag. I don't even know where to start with this book. Do you know where to start? I have so many things to say. I say we start with part one uh, with Bryce and Prithian talking with Nesta okay which was really cool i know people online have been talking about um they were kind of let down by the crossover but i didn't feel that way at all um i think that they were kind of, i think people online have been expecting like the fixed the akatar book or something but this is the crescent city book so it's about bright <laughs> like yeah i i agree i mean i've seen a lot of people bitching and complaining and i mean as an akatar girly like I totally understand wanting more Akatar, but like this isn't an Akatar book. This is the Crescent City book. And so I thought it was really cool how she blended. And I really thought it was cool how she like chose the characters she chose to spotlight because there's so many characters in Akatar. Like she could have gone a hundred different directions, but like it was really cool to see Nesta and Azrael, especially like nesta after silver flames being like her book and you like go with nesta on her journey of self-discovery um and to stop being a raging bitch um 
And we got to see Nesta from the point of view of somebody who didn't know her backstory, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I liked that. And okay, I, you're probably going to be annoyed with me, but I haven't finished all the <laughs> chapters. <laughs> I haven't even read a single one of them. Okay, good. Okay. So I won't do anything for you. But there is a moment, uh, there is a bonus chapter with Nesta, Asriel, and Bryce. Um, and I loved it so much. Oh my God, it was so cool. Um, like I said, Tell I'm me about just... it. You can spoil it. I don't care. Okay, so it's just like a blurb of them in the caves, and cool. they're just to know each other. And Nesta asks Bryce something about like the music that she played. So Bryce just starts playing music from all different types of genres from her phone, and Asriel's like into house music. Like, <laughs> I love that. Oh, and Nesta loves music so much because like I'm in the middle of another Akatar reread, and I'm on Silver Flames right now, and I had just gone through the part where. Um, Cassian gives her the orb that plays the music yeah um because like the, I mean I get it I'm a music girly too like it helps me I know you're not the the biggest music girly but <laughs> I, like um, I know you like music but I feel like not on the same kind of level that it like triggers all these emotions in me and I get goosebumps and I'm the weirdo <laughs> you're not a weirdo you're just different um but yeah, no, it was a really cool bonus chapter. I, I really liked it. Um, I feel like you get to know Asriel a little bit more from Bryce's point of view, which is so cool. Because, like, you don't know anything about Asriel. Like, I mean, we still don't really know anything about Asriel. But as of that bonus chapter of him giving Elaine that necklace and then giving it to Gwen, I just have this really horrible opinion of Asriel. Like, unpopular opinion. Don't give a fuck about him. no. <laughs> Like, the best part about Asriel in this book was the fact that he was just a shadow for a good portion of it. And he was just making weird noises in the background. Like, it was just, I don't know. I hated Nesta. Hated, hated, hated Nesta. <clears throat> and then I reread Silver Flames last year. And then rereading it again now, I just, I think I sympathize and empathize with her a little bit. Um not because I have like any sort of trauma that like made me a raging cunt, but <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I understand her mindset and I don't understand the things she did, but I understand her mindset, I guess. Um, and it was nice to see her finally come out of that like alcoholism and um, depression and to find something that uh, made her want to be alive and it wasn't just Cassian it was like becoming a Valkyrie which the Valkyrie thing is so cool like I can't wait for that to explode because I feel like there's way more of, of that coming but we're not talking about it I liked Nesta a lot more after having read Crescent City 3 I feel like uh, I agree with a lot of the things from Silver Flames like she was just such a raging bitch for so much of that book it was hard to to like her but seeing her be the badass that she is like oh god what was the girl's name that was it like the asteri that was in the coffin in the cave under the prison i don't remember her name but her killing her i was like you go girl <laughs> vespera vespera is that the name vespera. it might be the ones right we have the book <laughs> oh i was just look it up on my kindle real quick oh um, too but okay so 
speaking of the caves, I think, I think that was my favorite part of the whole book. I was, I was reflecting on it earlier today and like the other day uh, preparing for this podcast. And I just loved the history that we learned with the cave uh, carvings. And then um, what was the girl's name? I suck with names, you Celine? know, Celine. I was going to say Celestine, but that was the, that's Celestina. the, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a like pretty name, Celestine. Yeah. So Celine and her history with Thea and everything, or Thea, I don't know how you say her name. Uh, I thought the audiobook was- said Thea. So that's how I pronounced it. <laughs> so Thea. I thought the, that all of that was cool. And then you end up finding more of the same type of. <laughs> in a valen i feel like there's got to be more there like we're not done well yeah like they talk about it i actually like marked it while i was listening to the book because i wanted to bring it up so in silver flames i literally i literally i marked it (laughs) um nesta and cassian come back from the prison where she finds the harp and she's talking to Lanthus, which is that weird creature, like scary death god that Cassian imprisoned. Yeah. And then when she gets the harp, she frees it and they have to fight him or whatever. <clears throat> and he mentions the wild hunt, which just makes me think of The Witcher 3. But <laughs> Geralt could show up and I wouldn't be mad about it <laughs> unless it was. Apple being in the series. Okay, sign me up. <laughs> um so she asks reese what the wild hunt is and he like gets this random book from the shelf and like goes through this history of like where he talks about um finn which we hear about a little bit um in celine's kind of monologue um with her history of coming to prithian and whatever um but he talks about um in prithian like the asteri were there they were called the daglin and you kind of like listening to it after knowing what happens in Crescent City 3 was really interesting because the stories are almost exactly the same which I feel like history never comes out that way like there's always different perceptions of what happened so it's just interesting to me that the stories are 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 exactly the same like Finn was overthrown by his queen who with his general like betrayed him like it was like almost word for word like exactly the same story and I just I don't know makes me sus but it was interesting to like go back and like listen to it and I didn't I didn't remember uh, that long of an explanation from Resand about like their history I, I didn't remember them talking well, about it that long. You've obviously read it like mo- more recently than I have. I don't remember it all. I've read it almost a year ago. <clears throat> so yeah, it was interesting um, that they talk about it in this before Crescent City 3 even comes out. Like, And that while... Um, do, you, do you know the name of the book that Reese is referring to like off the top of your head? No, it doesn't say. He says he Reese lifted a hand and a book of legends from a shelf behind him floated to his fingers. It doesn't say the name. I was thinking that because she mentions a lot of names of books, especially in Throne of Glass. Well, one of the notes I have, like the um, 
I wrote down was, uh, I want more information about Bryce's tattoo and what the words mean, even if they're more, they seem important even in Prithian. Um, her tattoo is in the Book of the Breathing. Like, that's what they call it, is from the Book of Breathing. Oh, yeah, the Book of Breathings. Um, they, is that from Crescent City? Yeah, that's from Flame and Shadow. They talk about it when... Um, because like, the, the book of breathings is the book they use to try to find the spell to unbind the cauldron in Wings and Ruin, right? Yeah, and that, okay, so you and bring up- that Feyre tries to fix the cauldron and she just throws the book into it. I was like, girl, why are you getting rid of this book? She just goes- Thick. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like Nesta noted, like Nesta recognizes Bryce's tattoo because it's in that yeah. book. Um, so did Amryn. Yeah, or maybe it was Amran. I don't remember. I think it was Amran because she spent the most time reading the book and she knows the language, but I think it was Amran. Yeah, I think but... it was. Um, also, Celine looking like Reese's sister. If there's not more history in the sixth Akatar book, I'm going to be so sad. Like, I'm going to be upset. I know. And, like, I really want to know, like, that maybe we should have read the all the extra chapters but how did Azrael not mention to Reese that the girl in the cave looked just like his sister well when I mean when would he have mentioned it like after Bryce leaves like you don't know that he hasn't mentioned it though I mean he probably did I mean that's true Also, if you read Crescent City and you haven't read Akatar, I feel like you have a really bad opinion of Resand. <laughs> like, when he shows up and his power is just, like, coming for Bryce, she's like... <laughs> um, so I was reading, I was trying to read the other two bonus chapters before we started recording, so I'm in the middle of the Ember and, um, what's her stepdad's name? Oh, um, Roland yes Ember and him um, I was uh, in the middle of reading that one and uh, uh, <laughs> Resand is coming all like shadows converging on the house of wind again and Ember's like put the gun down <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he has the gun <laughs> oh my god Cassian's gonna love it Cassian's totally gonna love the gun. He's gonna be yeah. like, that's so cool. Well, and you know, I'm curious. I wanna I wanna go back and like maybe look at it up. I'll know I'll reread it eventually, but I wanna look out for when Ember and Roland come back. Does he have the gun with him when he comes back? You or know, he... I saw a TikTok that said it it he didn't have it. It wasn't mentioned. I'm curious. If I wonder left... if he gave it to like Azriel or Cassian. Probably Cassian, because Azriel gets his knife back. Yeah, well, he also gets the star sword, so. <laughs> no, Nesta gets the star sword. Well, yeah, but they're together. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so the beginning is the cave, like part one. Well, and, and then, then the also. Worm. Huh? The worm that took three of them to kill, but it only took Feyre. One, one person, Feyre killed a worm, but you did say it's like a, it was probably like some jacked up fucking steroided rage worm. Yeah, and I mean, that was favorite. Not like the Alaskan bullworm from Spongebob. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I always imagined. I'm not going to lie. 
do. Or like, I also think of like the worms in Beetlejuice. Like when they go into the door with the sand. I think of like the... What's the <laughs> movie? Is it Tremors? Where there's Tremors. like the yes. fucking sandworms or something? Like... <laughs> But yeah, they no, were was... so badass though. You know, the amount of people that asked her about that was crazy in the books. Fighting I, uh... the Midgard worm. Midgard. Midgard. I know. <laughs> There's so much. Also, um, if, if her name is Vespera, because isn't Hesperus the uh, the actual Asteri from Midgard? Because she she relates their names or something, and she's like, yes. But Vespera, I've seen it all over TikTok, and my friend Taylor pointed this out to me. Um, uh-huh. When they kill Vespera underneath the prison, she bleeds black blood. But when they kill um, Pollux, is it? Is it Pollux? What's yeah. the no, no, the no. Name? Oh God, we should have wrote all these down. It's okay. Anyway, when she kill when they kill that one Asteri later. Uh, I think it's like in Hunt's point of view or something where they he notices the red mist. So those Asteria are bleeding red. So is Vespera a Valg? I also I also heard, I also, well, I watched on TikTok, somebody say that she's um, Maeve. That because be she fun. starts, because she talks about, um, or was it, it wasn't that, hold on, let me find my note. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah, because she bleeds black. That's why. And she had like, it was something about like the way she was described because Maeve was also described as having like this same colored hair and the red lips that weren't lipstick, but they were red. <laughs> what if it's Maeve? What if it's like Mab or whoever, like the sisters? I know it could be. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I was like, what? I couldn't even think about that. I still, like I said, I really need the history to be threshed out a little bit more. And I'm hoping that's what we get from Elaine with her like seeing capabilities or something. I honestly, like, I don't actually think that the next Akatar book is going to be all in Elaine's perspective. I think that, um, and I also think that her switching tenses in Silver Flames was intentional. Um, because the books are from Feyre's point of view. So, like, the fact that it was Nesta and it wasn't from Nesta's point of view, it was a narrator. Because, like, I think Feyre and Rhysand are the focus. So, when they're not in focus, it's from a third-person point of view. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't I don't think it's all going to be Elaine. Because no offense to the Elaine lovers and Elaine, but she's boring. She's not going to go on adventures. She's not going to go into caves and climb mountains and all this other bullshit. Um, <clears throat> I, I not- could see her doing more along the lines of something in the courtier um, realm, which makes sense if her mate is Lucian, because Lucian is like, that's like his job. Yeah. So I could see them maybe in the, on the continent like in Valahan and Rask and all of that but I mean I don't even know what the next it's gonna have to be the continent because you know the next big bad's gonna be Coast J and he's on the continent yeah 
So, like but I, said, I think we're I, gonna get a lot of perspectives because I think it's also gonna be Azrael's not gonna get his own book, so it's gonna have to be like his perspective too. Yeah, which I think is where we're gonna get a lot of history. There was also because there wasn't that much in Wings and Ruin. There was also something Celine said about Azriel about like making him or like serving the masters or something. Do you remember that? That's Celine. Yeah, like she, when she she was like a hologram though. How would she be talking oh, about Azriel? Vesperus. Oh, Vesperus. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. That was her name, Vesperus. She was saying something like when um she woke up, which she wasn't like released yet. She was like scolding Azriel, I guess you could say, or something like that for turning against his makers or his masters. Very you know, crazy. yeah. Maybe it's like a hunt situation. He's created by the Valg. That'd be insane. No, he was created by the princes of hell, remember? So no, like maybe I'm Azriel, like Azriel's created by the Valg or something. Oh. That would suck. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so we can move on from Akatar. We can talk about Akatar all the time, but we need to get back into the book. Um, yeah. Okay, so we didn't talk about what we rated it. I obviously rated it five stars. <laughs> I also rated it five stars. Um, I kind of want to talk yeah, I mean, about what I didn't like first to get that kind of out of the way but because I did I did enjoy this book overall but there were a few things that I was just like mm -hmm. um and I think I can't remember if you and I talked about this or if it was uh Kaylee but the multiple POVs was kind of giving me whiplash like yeah um it I feel like it definitely lended itself to the like pace of the novel like it was very fast paced the book only happened in 10 days oh my god but <laughs> but I agree like I liked the POV changes because I liked getting kind of what was going on and now obviously it was gonna have to be that way because she's in Prithian and like everybody else is in Midgard so like they're she's not gonna write half a book in one place and half a book reading from at the beginning to the end like point of view changes are what's important but it was kind of excessive yeah I mean I feel like especially my my biggest issue with it was when Bryce was in the caves in Prithian and it was like she'd learned something shocking and then we'd go straight to hunt being tortured or yeah, it, learn shocking and it would be like Ethan fucking something up and I'm just like I couldn't keep all of the history straight because it was being broken up so much. So I'm like, I can't even remember the order of everything. I know. I wonder, I want somebody to, and it's probably already been done or is being done, but I want somebody to go through and tell you all the pages, like a tandem read of, of Bryce's story, yeah. of like, Ethan's story and Varian's story. <laughs> yeah. I also, so I don't agree. I've been, um, on Facebook and like TikTok and stuff like that, where people are talking about what they don't like about the books. And I don't really agree with all of it, but there, I did tell you this. I just like, it's becoming sort of unbelievable that nobody's died. Like, I don't want anybody to die really, but like, it's just kind of like, like Therian coming back after that, like mortal wound and then Bryce dying and then coming back through the portal. I'm just like, 
it's just not realistic that everybody lives yeah fantasy book I get that but still like yeah I mean you can tell she has like a deep-rooted love for her characters but at the same time like Kingdom of Ash was so devastatingly beautiful you spoilers (laughs) devastatingly beautiful because of the deaths in it yeah Um, I just feel like it wouldn't have meant shit the but throne of glass like wasn't a romance i feel like akatar is the more romancy but crescent city also focuses on her relationship with hunt so like sucked in this book (laughs) don't even get me started but um five days and he can't even have a day to reflect on that and like get over it like fuck off bryce (laughs) i know she was kind of a bitch in this book i was surprised like not even just like um her attitude towards hunt because i feel like they're supposed to be mates and like deeply in love and she was mean to him like a lot of this book but also like just making decisions and being like petty about it and uh, Aelin would never like Aelin made a decision and didn't tell people about it because it was a the right decision and b she knew she could pull it off Bryce was just doing whatever the hell she wanted no consequences I was like uh typical crazy, party girl <laughs> what I said typical party girl <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think of all of these, um, this is probably my least favorite of the three Crescent City books. It actually might be my least favorite of all of the SJM books. I liked it. I loved. I loved it, and you know, I loved the whole the the whole universe and everything. But hmm. I think yeah. TikTok hyped up the crossover too much and all of the little like breadcrumbs she leaves so like I was expecting more but it's not it's not the series isn't done yet so true she did say there's more to come for Crescent City um well I mean I also gave the book a five um um issues um I mean the pov change was annoying but it wasn't something that like i thought about much while i was reading it it was more so something that you guys like I, you and other people had brought up afterwards and i was like oh yeah that did change kind of a lot um the issues that i had were just like the ending to me was just un- it was unbelievable like this hysteria has been um keeping you captive and whatever for 15,000 years and you beat them in 10 days like it's just what why why didn't anybody do this before and like I know it's because Bryce is the starborn and she's got the sword and she gets the knife and you know she's got the horn in her back and everything kind of just like culminated to this moment but to me the ending I just felt like the battle was so quick and it was just like done like this was just a blip just another day for them when I look at like the battle for Terrison and Kingdom of Ash and like 
how long they fought and how yeah. detailed that fighting was and like the stages of that battle and i mean even the the war in wings and ruin like there were stages of battle and it was very like um regimented and like it made sense but this one i was just like she lets the princes of hell in and then you know ethan gets her the gun but like then she's falling into a black hole how did she even make the black hole like i didn't understand that um you and i still didn't understand how she ended up with thea's power and then like it just like the whole ending i was just kind of like what like what just happened but yeah. i mean whatever like she beat the hysteria i was happy about that i love the characters i love the book so i don't really care if it doesn't make that much sense i'm not that critical but i just feel like i would have liked more of a structured like at least like what's what's the word i'm looking for like for the battle to have made sense and gone in kind of stages the way that i feel like battles usually do like I just felt like it didn't, it was just kind of a whole bunch of whoop, uh, a whole bunch of luck, like, <laughs> but it yeah. kind of turned out that way, because they just kind of just went for it, like, there was no strategy, I felt like, it was just kind of like, we're here today, <laughs> might well, as well made. <laughs> like, I feel like they, the SJM kind of implied that Bryce filled in Hunt on her plans, like, Hunt knew what she was thinking during that battle like he knew the plan because I was kind of like Rigel is talking about how um hell was left unguarded or whatever and then all of a sudden it was like just kidding we planned for that so half the army is over there like what if I feel like we didn't really get like a conclusion of that and then True. and like when you listen to like her like talk about Aelin like I feel like we didn't know what Aelin's whole plan was but we knew she had one we knew she'd been thinking you were getting hints that like she knew what was going on I felt like with Bryce we had no idea what the hell she was thinking like as the reader I had absolutely no idea what her inner monologue was I feel like Aelin's and I feel like I was missing that Aelin's was also wrapped up it came full circle like you saw if you if you were really paying attention to what she was doing throughout the whole series, like from Queen of Shadows on, you can see where she was setting everything up as she was going. I don't feel like Bryce did that. I feel like Bryce did this on a whim and she relied way too heavily on the Princes of Hell. Yeah, which... and the bits and pieces of knowledge she got about her power that she just fully put her trust in. Like, I just, it just felt a little like, I know it's magic and I know it's fantasy and like whatever but I just felt like it was too easy and maybe like, that's because nobody died but like the whole ending was just kind of like I don't know what just happened but I guess it's over well and when Aelin when Aelin saved um Kale's like home city or whatever from the flood like mm -hmm. you 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 got the confirmation that she'd been tunneling into her magic reserves and like going deeper and deeper just holding all of that in so that she could release it in one big thing I got like no indication that Bryce was doing anything like that mm -hmm. um and she had such I also I just looked up his name his name is Polaris <laughs> the Asteri she killed um right. 
she just like it was hard but she just like stabbed him with both swords and he died like <laughs> i know the girl the one the one uh that she killed before she tried to kill Rigelus or whatever yeah yeah like, two swords crazy. to the gut but she killed didn't she stab the wait did she stab best for us with both swords and it didn't work Nesta. because she's not a scary Nesta killed Vespera by. I know, but didn't Bryce stab her with both at first? Because she took, um, she took Truth Teller from Azriel, and she had the Star Sword, and I think she stabbed Vesperus, and it didn't work because she came back right. Because she's not a Stary. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Vesperus is Stary at all. (laughs) She's listed. Crescent City Wiki um she's listed as one because that's what we know her as so far but I just I can't I know people online were thinking um that maybe SJM was leaving all of these breadcrumbs and all of these things were going to cross over and I think some of it was intentional but I think a lot of what people are looking at is they're just reading into it um but the black blood is not it's so intentional it has to be it was such a huge plot point around a class like Oh no, I totally agree. And I I agree. I think I think she's a Volg and I think she got to Prithian and the Asteri were in charge and she wanted to be with them. So I think she somehow like made herself seem like an Asteri and yeah. blended blended with them because isn't Maeve a Volg? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Maeve. And she, if it's not Maeve, because it's she doesn't, because she was part of the two brothers, right? Am I remembering this correctly? I'm going to look it up. Real like big. she was married to one of the brothers and, or she was supposed they never to. Let her, they never let her do anything. So she like escaped. But didn't Aelin kill Maeve? <laughs> we think so. Did you see a body? <laughs> if I don't see a body, they might not be dead. <laughs> she Didn't she like incinerate her ass? <laughs> but we don't know at what point in time this is. Yeah, so Maeve was a Vol queen who escaped from the Vol realm and made the world believe she was one of the three faced sister queens, Mora and Mab. See? She's already made herself seem like something else. But what if Aelin didn't kill her? What if she ended up in another realm? Or she ended up back in the Volg realm because her, like, physical body was destroyed or something? Maybe. I have no idea. But But if she's already able to... Or maybe it's not Maeve. Maybe it's just another Volg, like, woman. And, I mean, that's your clue that Maeve pretended to be Faye and like people believed her so like it's not going so far as to say that this ball pretended to be a scary and people believed her you know that's interesting I have so many things to talk about like so many well, yeah. things to talk about while we're talking throne of glass we should probably talk about Lydia <laughs> we should talk about Lydia so we're not going in parts anymore we're just gonna it's just gonna flow the way it flows i good because i have a theory i've been so excited to talk to you about that i haven't 
talk to you about but it's not about Lydia so we can talk about Lydia first if you want oh, okay well obviously it's being kind of set up that Lydia is like a descendant of Aelin and Rowan like well it or, is kind of related to that um because of the ring thing it's Rowan's ring so obviously mm-hmm. I don't know I I'm curious because I know uh the Fae <laughs> like 15,000 years ago or whatever and that's when like half went to Midgard which we're assuming is the dust court (laughs) going or whatever Um, and then Lydia being a fire like having all that fire whatever what's her code name again firebright firebright yeah no wait I'm gonna look it up (laughs) good because I'm recording on my phone so I can't look it up um okay so let me just tell you my theory really quick oh and her her name means deer oh yeah 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 and she's a gear shifter and um Brennan that was a name drop that was intentional Oh, you know, when I looked up the thing, it said uh, Lydia's last name means deer. So the hind, Lydia's code name also means deer. What does the lane mean? Deer. Yeah, and um, you remember in Akatar, um, I think it's Amran is talking about, or no, it's the bone, it's the bone carver. Um, when Feyre goes to the bone carver and he's talking about um he says something to the effect of like um he talks about a woman who is like very powerful but her bloodline is gone but part of it still remains in the a human bloodline I always assumed that was like Feyre's bloodline because her mom, I still think her mom was some sort of Faye or related to Faye. Huh? I do too. Especially because um, who was it that says to Feyre, um, did your mom not tell you about us? Did your mom not inform you of our histories or something? Yeah. Like- I was like, her mom's got to be related to Faye so what if that bloodline is Aelin's bloodline and Prithian's older or whatever and like part of her bloodline you know whatever that branch is was Feyre's bloodline which would mean Elaine that could be that's crazy though I'm curious what I mean I want I want S. Jam to just write a history book <laughs> please just write a history book I think there's gonna be like the history of the SJM universe at college campuses like there was with Harry Potter like um I'll get my PhD in that <laughs> for real for real all these people who are on TikTok that annotate the shit out of their books like they'll all be the professors <laughs> and they'll come in with their like their you know, today we're going over silver flames and it'll have like a bazillion little marks. <laughs> it'll be like a three course like thing, one throne of glass, one Akatar, one Crescent City, <laughs> three courses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a fourth and with- another series if she comes out with another one, which is there is speculation that there's gonna be another series. And if there is, I really hope it's about the princes of hell. 
That would be so cool. I lo- I really liked the Princes of Hell. I thought that was a really cool. And I really, I'm really glad that Hunt um, didn't take too long to accept his making or whatever. I was really afraid that he was going to like spiral into some weird existential crisis. Me um, too. But it just, I mean, it sucks, but like it is what it is, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Love- Why does it matter where you come from? Bryce doesn't care. You shouldn't care. I know. Okay, hold on. I want to go back to the Princes of Hell because I want to talk about my theory. Okay, yeah. So, in Silver Flames, Gwen tells Nesta that Meryl was obsessed with theories of the existence of other realms different worlds living on top of each other or possible for worlds to overlap. So, like, Meryl was that, like, bitch-ass priestess in the library that her and Nesta got into it. Um, So, I feel like Nesta, after meeting Bryce and hearing everything that happened, would have had to go down to the library and talk to Meryl because now they know for sure that there are other realms there are other worlds and i was like maybe the next akatar is gonna be like frost and starlight and have um like i said earlier like have a bunch of different povs but that maybe um the worlds like overlapping each other are the mists and the thin oh. places. I was thinking like Meryl has to know more. So I think that we're gonna see more like world, like realm jumping. I feel like Nesta's gonna figure it out. Especially with the star sword. Well, she has the harp. And the I harp. I forgot about the damn harp. Um and yeah, I think that the reason we learned, I feel like there was so much information in House of Flame and Shadow about like these thin places and the mist, and they got brought up in Prithian and they got brought up again over and over again in House of Flame and Shadow. I just yeah. feel like when Gwen is telling Nesta that Meryl is so like obsessed with this world jumping alludes to the theory that Meryl is one of the 13. And she's trying to figure out how to get back to Terrison. Or to get back to Aurelia, I should say. Yeah. Because there's this theory that Meryl is one of the 13. And she's stuck. And because she's... And Gwen's saying she's obsessed with, like, different worlds. And, like, the idea of there being a bunch of realms. That there's supposed to be 26 of them. And that's brought up twice in silver flames that there's supposed to be 26 realms um and then she talks about the harp having 27 or 26 strings well Uh the harp i just looked up to make sure the harp is what it is uh capable of opening portals to different locations and realities as well as altering one environment such as trapping fey into stone to form the prison I don't think they're trapped in stone. I think the prison is just like the stone building, but I'm wondering if they were talking about 
Vesperus being trapped Maybe. in that crystal coffin or whatever it is. Maybe because I just got through the part where Nesta gets the harp and when she because she like Bryce putting her hand or her foot or whatever on the eight pointed star on the ground to get the power um Nesta like pushes her arm through the wall to get to the harp like she just walks right through the wall and as she's walking through the wall um she's hearing Faye like crying and take my children take my children and I'm wondering if that's when um during the fight with Finn and all of them they got pulled to Midgard well, wasn't it when Thea opened the portal to send um, Celine back to Prithian? Weren't the people begging her to send their kids to and she didn't? So that's probably what mm-hmm. Nesta's hearing. Yeah, and I think that because I also thought it was interesting that in Silver Flames when they talked to Helion from the Dawn Court or the Day Court um, wait, Day, Night, Dawn, Dusk. Okay, so I think it's a Dawn Court. Um, when they're talking to Helion, he has the Pegasus. Yeah. Like he flies the Pegasus. And they talk about um the fact that um he only had like twelve of them. There were only like so many in Prithian and that they had stopped breeding or whatever and like they uh he said that they're where they originated from was where the prison is now he says they come from that area and the islands that pop up in midgard to to form uh valahan like those match would match with where the prison was like what if when they left the islands like flipped well- and so, okay, you said earlier that we don't really know where Bryce gets her power. We do, because Bryce was born with one third of it. And then she got a second third of it from the caves um, under the prison. She took it from there. And then the third was when she killed um, Highburn and his brother or whatever. Highburn? Not Highburn. I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Autumn King. When she, oh yeah, when the, you're right. So I, I had told you the other day that I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the power that she has. She originates with Thea's power. So she got all three. She got one from under the prison and then she got one from the caves in Avalon. And then she said that when when she released the power, because Thea like hit it, so it was like sucking the magic from the land to hide the the star power there. So when she mm-hmm. took it back, they were talking about how everything was like going, growing and like um who is it vaxian who is it that has like the like nature power that was in their trip is it dex or flynn uh, flynn no one of Sophia's brother is no the it two- was flynn yeah, yeah her brother flynn the two of them were talking about how their magic felt suppressed there so i think that the 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 star power or whatever was leeching the magic from the land to like hide it and that, towards the end, um, Baxian calls Bryce and is like, you got a problem. You've got freaking Pegasus popping up out of the earth. Like, so. So do you think that the prison's going to change? And yeah. Avatar? Yeah. I think so. 
I think that's what they're going to have to deal with. I bet you that power was keeping the prison contained. And I'm wondering if the prison will like the wards really? or whatever might fall apart. Interesting. That'd be a crazy because like Nesta's got to do something now that she's got the star sword and she has the mask and the heart like and she has ataraxia and the crown <laughs> yeah she that her fucking sword like i don't remember any time i don't guess i didn't pay attention because for the first time i read silver flames i hated nesta so i feel like i didn't care that much but <laughs> um there's so much about her sword that's crazy like and the fact that a made object hasn't been around for 15,000 years. <laughs> Everything's 15,000. What, what's 15,000? Um, since there was a made item in Prithian, like an item was made. Well, and I, next time I'm going to have to be better prepared with more detailed notes, but it was already taking me so long to read it. I wasn't trying to sit and write things down too. Um, mm -hmm. I have a note somewhere. Um, is Erd the cauldron? I was thinking, yeah. Do you think the cauldron was ever like a person? Like a god that like... I wonder because didn't the Asteri say that they corrupted the cauldron? Something. Or I wonder didn't, didn't um, Celine say that the Asteri corrupted the object in Prithian because you know how they corrupted the wherever their magic was coming from inside the eternal city yeah like that she had to blow up that they did like a back door that like collapsed the world or whatever like they corrupted the cauldron and, and that's why in Wings and Ruin when Feyre de destroyed the cauldron the entire world was going to implode but just like could... yeah just like in at the end of crescent city when she blows up the what is it but what was she gonna shoot at light core or whatever yeah the core um and that they had corrupted it so that if it was destroyed then the world would implode i was like Phew. like that's the same thing that happened in wings and ruin i was like the asteri had to have been there um <laughs> What else? Oh, okay. Just a random sidebar. Mm. What the fuck with Ethan and his stupid ass side quest? <laughs> his like 10 side quests. Also, we had a literal dragon for two books and we never fucking saw it. What the fuck happened with Ariadne? Like... She just disappears again. Like, I know. I was so excited in Crescent City too. I was like, "Oh my god, an SJM book!" And there's dragons. Yeah, and she's just gone. Yeah, bye. Ethan just fucking shit up left and right, killing Sigrid and Sigrid, and then making it worse. Well, see, Dude. and that was the other thing that was unbelievable to me that he just kills the fucking Underking, like. He just Elsa's the Underking, and all of a sudden, Hypaxia's queen of the underworld. I mean, <laughs> that made no sense. It was just like, I literally had to go back and reread it. I was like, there's no fucking way they just killed the Underking with Ethan's, you know, Elsa Frost powers. Like, 
I know. I was like, this is unbelievable. I don't get this. Like, is this just like, huh? I I really like hypoxia though. I think she's such a- Oh my God, I love hypoxia. She's so interesting because you never see like, in a fantasy book, it's all magic and things just happen and it's fate and destiny. But like, she's science. (laughs) she's you i'm so irritated that we didn't get more of her researching this fucking parasite i wanted that so bad i wanted to read the research i know you even asked me you're like i have a question i just need to know and the one thing you needed to know from the whole fucking book was do we figure out the science behind the parasite and i was like oh my god you're the best lab partner i never had I'm the best lab partner because I teach science. I love science. I just was like, it is so cool. Um, I was like, there's no way she's going to be able to come up with some temporary cure in two hours. But it made sense after she said she used the um, previous antidote they had for the crystallis or whatever. Crystallis demon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. I really like hypoxia. I think it's really, I think like the underking leeching all of the star like the it's not starborn power all of their power and whatnot the first light Uh, the first light that's what it's called um obviously that's all going to change because they don't need to give up their powers anymore but i love that at the end of the book they're like we're not gonna have our phones anymore (laughs) same (laughs) because the first light's gonna run out and i was like oh my god this is totally like a modern day fantasy because like even all the magic in the world they need their fucking cell phone (laughs) there's a there's a part in one of the bonus chapters where um it is post-war and they're talking about um having to conserve their their energy and everything like that because they can't just let things run anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they talk about like in the book like She's she I think in her head she makes a comment like then it's gonna go back to the way it is when I was in Prithian, like or in the other world or whatever, where they don't have like electricity and whatever. I don't know, it's interesting. I like the way that she mixes like technology with magic in Crescent City. Um I think that the first two books were way better, but I also think that's because the plot line with Danica, I think um, she really had that mapped out. And I feel like maybe she didn't have this as mapped out, especially because didn't they say that she like wrote it, scrapped it and rewrote it. So like. Well, and they say um, that she scrapped it because it was too dark. So I'm wondering if Bryce was actually dead at the end. Like, instead of hunting, you just stayed dead. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But I just felt like her plot and her writing was better with the Danica storyline than this thus far. Um, But, I mean, this was the first in the three books that wasn't focusing on Danica and what Danica knew and what Danica did. Or didn't do. Secrets, but... Yeah, so I just think that it is not my favorite of the three. The second one's still my favorite. 
I mean, the first one I think will always have a place in my heart because I was lucky enough to not have anything about it spoiled for me before I started reading it. So I really was like legitimately shocked with the plot twist, like 75 pages in to the first book, like not expecting that at all. I remember reading it and going back and rereading it because I was like, that did not just happen. I was like that is not what is going on and I felt like this book was missing that so when Taylor Taylor read Crescent City before me because I think I was still reading Throne of Glass when she started Crescent City and she told me she's like I'm not gonna spoil anything for you but holy shit like the whole the whole point of this book is that there's like a mass murder and like it's like a mystery of like who killed the people she's like I wasn't expecting it to happen in like the first 50 pages or whatever. And I was like, oh, so I knew something big was going to happen, but I really didn't think that it was going to be Danica and her whole pack of wolves. Like, See, I didn't even know that. I literally had no idea what Crescent City was about. Like, I didn't even know a single character's name from Crescent City when I went into it the first time. Like, you did not tell me anything. You would not tell me a single thing because I think you read it before I did. I think so. I think you were reading it while I was finishing Throne of Glass. Probably because I read them all like straight through. Yeah. So I think you were finishing the second one when I was finishing Throne of Glass or something. Because I remember you reading them because I read them right after Throne of Glass. I don't remember exactly when I finished and when you Hmm. started, but. But I guess the interesting thing with the end of this book, though, is, like, all the big powers are gone, except for Viper Queen. Like, the Autumn King's gone, the Asteria are gone. The only people that are still kind of around are the Archangels, but Hunt and Baxian and what was his, uh, Micah was his friend? Was it Micah? Micah was this? Oh, that Celestina replaced what was um hunts isaiah oh who's now angel names huh i said who's now not a slave because hunt can apparently break slave bonds (laughs) oh i know um but i think i like he hunt told isaiah he was gonna have to like you know reorganize and i guess revolutionize the angel the archangels so i don't even think they're a problem and then the under king is gone like it's like a whole new world with no electricity i i know she's not done writing these books so i have no Mm -hmm. idea what i think they're supposed to be five so i have no idea what the next two are going to be about unless it's like civil wars type of thing because i think it's just I'm a little frustrated and disappointed that Bryce is like letting go all of the responsibility. Like she wants nothing to do with ruling or anything. Like she just signs a paper saying there's no more hierarchy and it needs to be a democracy. Like they need guidance. Like you can't just destroy the entire government and then say, well, it's going to be like this. Bye. Well, see, and I think that's where she fucked up because they they said at the end of the book that they still have to deal with, like, what, the elders or the, do you remember 
No. Because the Asteri is not in power anymore, but... Um... But hold on, hold on. To be fixed. I just don't understand how that is going to be an entire book. Like, there's got to be a bigger plot to it than... Well, there's also, like, I think they have to deal with... Uh... What are they called? I forget what they're called, but they're essentially like the board of directors, like, but for everybody. There's like a group of people that like the Asteri talk to and then they split. Oh, wasn't it just like one representative from each? Wasn't it like the council or something? It was some sort of council. Um, because ultimately they're gonna say they're in charge now, I think is what's gonna happen. And Bryce gave up all of her power. She removed her royalty from the Fae. Um, and she basically freed it all. So she's going to have no sway. And I think things are going to end up going wrong again. They're going to be fighting another revolution. I I kind of agree because um celestine is like on their side now or whatever after having seen everything that happened with the harpy she flipped and um, losing hypoxia i don't like celestina um and she's got to go like with her she's working on converting her husband or whatever to mm -hmm. their side so i, yeah. I feel like there be some fallout from bryce killing the asteri like people aren't going to believe that they were leeches to their magic and but I don't know what the big plot point is going to be for the next one because there's not like a big bad to battle. Like me either. But if we could just get a break from Ethan and Therian for a while, that would be fantastic <laughs> because running away from the Ocean Queen and then the River Queen and just marrying Sophia out of fucking nowhere. Like, dude, stop for like, just stop and think and about- And not even just marrying Sophia, then saying, well, I'll divorce her and marry the River Queen's daughter again. I was like, what? <laughs> didn't you just do all of these things to avoid that? <laughs> you Also, after, after you can kind of tell that they're starting to finally like each other and like maybe be falling in love a little bit, Boom, there's Therian saying, well, I'll divorce you. <laughs> Dude, just literally stop for like five seconds and think before you speak. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. He literally like, can't. No conflict resolution. He's just putting like gum on gaping holes, like with water spurting out of it. <laughs> like <laughs> there's no flex. I agree. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's one of the things I wrote down. I wish Ethan and Therian would quit fucking shit up. <laughs> I know. Ethan, Ethan I still love. I, I don't I know. know. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's so young and naive. Like he's at the end of the book talking about how he might go back and play Sunball. How do you play Sunball <laughs> when you're playing a species? That shit cracked me up. I was like, you just became the prime of the wolves and you're going to play Sunball now? <laughs> He's so, he's so young. He's such a 20-year-old. It's stupid. And, like, I was so sick to death of two fucking books of him. I want to talk to Connor. I want to talk to Connor. I was like, oh, my God. Grow well, and up. Then, and then he... Listen, I'm... Listen, I know this is a fantasy series, and brothers are different than sisters, but siblings are still siblings. And I feel like 
if you or Melanie died and I got the chance to see you and talk to you, it would be a little bit different. <laughs> like, it's got to be the younger sibling thing. Like, I feel like that's something Melanie would do is just boohoo, feel sorry for me. I fucked all this shit up. Help me fix it. Whereas like, <laughs> when I would be like, we love you so much. You're doing so great. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it has to be the youngest mentality. Has to. Yeah. And then he. I, I really liked that we got to see that Connor and Danica and Lahaba had like a happy, like going into peace in the afterlife type of thing. I'm not going to lie. Finding out that Jessica was a priestess and the Prince of Hell cursed her and then her sacrificing herself for Bryce. Literally, I'm going to start crying again. Jessica is my favorite character after this book. Literally, she saved this book for me. Like, I always loved Jessica because I always loved her sassy, like, no-nonsense business savvy. But, like, at the same time, she was threatening to turn Bryce into fucking random shit. Like, you knew she didn't fucking mean it. Like, you knew she was never going to do it. And then in the second book, all the time, she just helped Bryce whenever Bryce called, like, what do you want Bryce and then as soon as Bryce gets off the phone like she just does whatever Bryce asked her to do like I just and she borrowed to free hunt or whatever yeah Jezebel's like the much older sister that's more like the cool aunt that's Jezebel (laughs) yeah and I just think that like this I don't know like, it made me really sad that she told her entire history to Ethan. I felt like he didn't deserve it. I felt like Bryce deserved to hear that from her. Or her and it made me really sad. Yeah, it made me really sad that Bryce didn't get to have that conversation with her. But, like, her sacrificing herself for Bryce and then showing Bryce that Danica is okay and that light it up was too much for me. I was like, I can't do this. And then seeing Lahaba, oh. Oh, the fire sprites was also one of my favorite parts of this book I think honest to god the best battle scene of this entire book was when Lydia ditched Drew and was like take care of my sons and she went to go like fuck up those tanks that were throwing the bombs that was the best that was the best with the fire sprites and the fire sprite queen hell yeah that shit was like that scene in the end of Endgame when all the ladies are like we got this like I'll forget (laughs) you saved my son (laughs) it was very much like uh what's her name um from the lord of the rings eowyn when she's like i am no man (laughs) we got this a lead running through the battlefield for lorcan vibes (laughs) (laughs) yes so true that's an even better comparison fucking a lead Oh, also seeing a line that people hate Lydia from this book because, yeah. And there's a lot of people that are like, nah, you don't get it because you don't have kids. Like every decision a mother makes is for her kids. And I know that neither one of us has kids, but I feel like we're pretty like open-minded to like the concept or whatever. Like you have dogs, I'm a teacher. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I I feel like I can understand why every decision you make was for the safety of your children. And it was nice because, like, normally you're getting women who are, like, 
virgins because they're pure or like they become fae so they're this like exotic ethereal thing like pharaoh like you don't you don't see women who already have children or at least not babies because astrin um that was really sad yeah um because i mean you see you saw what it did to astrin like and her mindset like and it changed so it was interesting to see another woman who's strong because i mean sjm only writes strong women who's also a mom i feel like maybe i feel like maybe she did that because she's a mom too and i think that she was like i also feels underrated character of the entire book i feel like is rune i i really liked rune this entire book i feel like in the the first a little bit in the second one i was like god rune just grow up already and i just feel like he did like rune dannon crown prince of the valbaran fae (laughs) insert tiktok (laughs) sound here yeah, no, I really liked Rune this this book um, a lot. Even the hand memes are getting me, though. They're so fucking funny. That's your biscuit. <laughs> so funny. Um, and I keep sending them back and forth because Kaylee's not finished the book. Um, she's got to that This is how you get followers. I show my dog. <laughs> um... Yeah, I agree. Rune was freaking badass in this book. I loved the scene in the library with him and Lydia. I loved their relationship. I thought it was great. I do too. Like, Rune went from the frat boy to being a man. Like, well, and I being a man, like his dad was not a man. I think I can't believe there was a time in the book where I thought that the Autumn King was going to be gone. (laughs) <laughs> I really thought you, you, <laughs> you really texting thought me I think that the Autumn King is gonna be secretly good and I was just like sure <laughs> or he's secretly the baddest one of them all <laughs> I was like you poor thing yeah you poor poor thing the way he died it was beautiful yeah but yeah, um, I mean, overall, I really liked the book. Just because it's my least favorite doesn't mean I didn't like it. I mean, it was really good. It's just yeah. information load at times. But uh, I'm curious to see how she's going to wrap up Crescent City and how Throne of Glass and Akatar are going to be brought in to more of it. I feel like Akatar, the next Akatar book, is going to have to have some Crescent City overlap. Like, Yeah, I honestly, I would like to see more from the Akatar series, um, kind of like Silver Flames, more with the the connections and the history. Um, because like I re I'm rereading Akatar right now, like I'm almost done, but like I I don't go through the Akatar series and see as many um, like callbacks or references to Throne of Glass. Like I can't think of any major ones. Mm-mm. 
And that makes me really sad because like Akatar is my favorite and then Throne of Glass and then Crescent City. Um, my favorite and then Akatar and Crescent City. <laughs> I know we're just flipped, but um, I would like to see more because like I feel like we got a lot of history and crossover potential in Silver Flames. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll get some more... I would like to see, like, potentially find out someone's histories related to somebody from Throne of Glass. Like, maybe Asriel's from Dorian's bloodline, or... That'd be crazy. Because Asriel's got blue eyes and black hair, and I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool, or... I don't know. Um, I would just like to see more, I guess. Um, with the next Akatar book. And I really hope that we don't have to wait too long. Like, I know Crescent City 3 just came out, but, like, if we can at least look forward to, like, one book a year, then I guess we'll be satisfied. Yeah. But if she could put out another book, like, in December or November, like, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know we're supposed to get releases of titles soon, but... I know. That doesn't but mean her interview, her interview with the Today Show about, um, you know, the future. Somebody asked her like what she's working on now, and she says the next Akatar book. So like she's working on it, which means it's not done yet. But who knows what she's already written? Like, because I, I think we're due an Akatar book and a novella. Which is like the Frost and Starlight. Yes. But it's exciting times to come. Um, let's spin a wheel for our next book. So we have to read Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect Strangers still. That's our P. Yes. Um, do we did you want to do another Kindle Unlimited book or do you want to do another buy one? Uh we should do another Kindle Unlimited book because we have I think far more of those than Okay. All right, I'm spinning the wheel. Um, well, I forgot to take P off. <laughs> so I'm spinning the wheel. Why does this always happen to us? Like something random always happens with the spin wheel. G. G. What's G? G is Glitch by Brianna Michaels. No idea what that one's about. So, <laughs> so our next don't episode... have any idea either. <laughs> our next episode is going to be Perfect Strangers and Glitch. CCC. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Nope. Alrighty. Well, thanks for listening to Lit Chicks. You can check us out. Um, and check out more about us and our list of books that we're reading at geek-network.com. But have a good day. Thanks for watching. All right.